Hello, sisters. Uh, this is Danielle. I'm here with you on the Sisters in Zion podcast, and I'm actually not here with Kirsten, my best friend. She has been traveling so much this summer. In fact, we were just with each other in Vegas last weekend, and now she's in Mexico, and I don't think she gets back to being grounded down for another week or so. So, so I thought, anyway, that we would bring on a wonderful guest speaker, someone who I'm friends with, I got introduced to through my friend Tiffany, and I have just fallen in love with everything. Um, her, she has courses on her website that I just, I love. I'm learning so much from her, and I wanted to introduce her, because, you know, Kirsten and I, we always bounce ideas off each other, and my, my friend here, her name is Lacey Vangeter. And I love to bounce ideas off of Lacey. So I want to introduce my friend Lacey. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, and she's joining us from Utah. And you're yeah. in Salt Lake or I forget which area. I'm in Utah County. Oh, Utah County. Okay. Yeah, just awesome. south of Lake. Oh, that's so great. Well, I'm excited. And so we, I've been really, you know, diving into a lot of subjects with her and my focus this year has really been on um, self-love and get, growing closer to the Savior and how that self-love actually enables you to feel closer to Him. So that's kind of some of the topics her and I have explored. And another topic we've really explored that's helped me tremendously and that I asked her to kind of share about today is agency. I feel like this is such an important topic and we think, oh yeah, we all have free will, but it's so much more than that. And I'm learning that with, you know, kind of being coached with Lacey on how your agency is, it's a power and something, okay, so I want to bring up some topics and you know what, we're going to, we're going to kind of touch on some stuff I think today that will really, might actually challenge how you see things. And that's what it did for me. So what I did is I applied, right, the principles of agency. And I have noticed it's always through the fruits that you know of the truth of things. And the fruits of it have been incredible for me. And I've gone to God with all of these different ideas and, and the power of agency. And it has been amazing. So I'll just start with sharing a little bit. And then Lacey, I'll have you kind of share your background on even learning about agency. But for me, um, I was really seeking like, this is kind of what brought me to it is I was seeking God's will and everything I was doing. I wanted him to tell me like, I didn't want to do anything wrong. And my background, again, probably like all of us as children, we don't want to do wrong. We got in trouble for being wrong or doing something wrong. And I, you know, my background was being abused. And so it was really harsh when we were did something wrong. So I kind of grew up being like super obedient. Like that was just my nature. I got to do everything to a T. My mission was the first I was ever active and I was so to a T in my mission. I remember once my companion was sweeping in the church on Sunday and I was like, no, don't do that. You know, cause I was so afraid of messing up because I had gotten hurt from messing up. So I get where it came from. But my point is, I didn't want to be wrong. So I was always seeking, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? And getting to know Lacey and applying agency in a different way really has helped me like come closer to God. So I kind of want to um, transfer it over to you to share a little bit about 
the power of our agency. So what's maybe a, a preface for you if this helps um, or take it where you want, but what's the difference between asking, well, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? And me choosing what to do. Oh, that is a really good question. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you too. I know married and kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Um, I'm married. I have four beautiful kids. Uh, I live in Utah. And um, I love this topic of agency, partly because um, I've learned, I've had to learn a lot through it. And I feel I didn't have an abuse background like you um, did, but I do feel I was in a very controlled manipulative upbringing and not just so much with my my parents necessarily um, but like their culture like my mom grew up in a family that you just never did anything wrong and her siblings were all like that and my cousins were like that and um, a very god-centered home but it I almost kind of felt like it was like a, oh I don't know how to even describe it kind of like back in Joseph Smith's time, just so strong and strict on everything. <laughs> very, very strict on the commandments. And you just didn't deviate from the commandments or else you're going to hell. And that's what it felt like all the time. And well, so I didn't necessarily get abused physically, but mentally and emotionally and subconsciously, I just felt like if I messed up one bit, I wasn't going to make it to heaven and I was going to go to hell. And so and you had this kind of brought on, if you don't mind me sharing a little bit of anxiety, I know. And that's what yeah. brought you to it is how do I manage my anxiety with God? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I didn't know what anxiety came from. I just realized um, as I was like becoming paralyzed and struggling to do anything in high school, not even wanting to go to school, not wanting to do anything. And um, I realized something's wrong here but I didn't know how to break out of it. And even on my mission, uh, I got, I struggled so strongly on my mission with anxiety again, cause the rules are so strict. Um, and if you don't follow them, you're a bad missionary. At least that's what it felt like to me that I slept for a whole transfer. I got so like sick, but it wasn't even like that sick. I didn't have like fevers or nothing. They couldn't find anything wrong but it was almost like mono. I just could not wake up and I slept for six weeks straight. My poor companion, I felt so sad for her, but this is the physical toll it took on me because I was trying to be so perfect. I wanted to do everything right. And the only thing I knew how to do right was do what I was being told. I only knew how to do what my mom told me to do or what the prophet told me to do or what the mission president told me to do. That's, that's all I knew how to, to follow the commandments or to um, make choices or to show that I was righteous. But um, I had no idea who I was in any of that. And so I feel like this inner battle was going on and this is what kind of created the anxiety within me is that like here I'm a strong spirit and, and if you know me now, I'm a very strong spirit <laughs> and I do know who I am and I do know my will. But if I had that inside at that early age and I had just given all of my agency over, I had just given everything over to these people to pave out a path and tell me what was right or wrong, 
you can see that I had this huge inner turmoil going on inside of me constantly, so much that my brain and body couldn't handle it, so it went to sleep, and it went to sleep for six weeks. Like that, like I almost gave myself a self-induced coma because I just wanted to tap out of it and not be a part of the world any longer because I couldn't, I didn't know which way to go and how to mesh myself to it. I had surrendered it over so much that I had lost myself completely. Does that make sense? I don't know if oh, that helps. That makes total sense. That was such a good background on it. And I love what you've discovered from it. And I think, I mean, a lot of you sisters on here, a lot of our friends probably relate to that feeling. And I know actually even family members who related and they have chosen I love that you've sought, you know, to understand it through God. And I know a lot of my family members have chosen to leave the church because they haven't enjoyed that part of the culture of it. And it's really, again, it's, it's not, it's, it's God that really can help us with that. It's not necessarily, you know, leaving religion, but it's just part of our journey is learning how do we take back our agency? So what does God want us to really do? That's really the question, right? <laughs> that is the question. And a lot of people, it's a little nerve wracking when you start out on this journey because a lot of anger comes up. It's almost like you have to go through a grieving process to disconnect from it completely. But through that grieving process, we almost like anger is one of the steps, right? We get a little angry. And so we or a lot angry. And we kind of target that to the people that kept us bound, even though they didn't have the intention necessarily of keeping us bound. The church didn't intend to keep you bound. My mom didn't keep me or didn't intend to keep me bound. My mission president didn't either, but I had given my agency to these people and they ran with it and they continued to tell me what to do. And I continued to follow and obey blindly without knowing if I really wanted to do that or not. So starting to claim back who I was, starting to open up this journey, I found that I was getting really bitter with these people, really angry with these individuals and with these structures that I had given my agency to. And it was easy for me to want to bolt, want to not be a part of them anymore. And I think we do this as human beings. When we get fed up with a system with a belief or with whatever that we feel trapped in, we want to get out. And so we rebel and we completely run away from it. And this is where a lot of people leave the church or they leave their families or they leave those structures where they felt limited instead of learning who they are and being able to apply, learning how to apply themselves in a loving way to these systems to elevate all of the systems we just bolt and run away from them because we feel like we're going to find ourselves outside of them. But the problem is we're just teasing ourselves because as soon as we bolt and run away from them, we still find people, we still find other systems and cultures we become a part of, and we still don't know ourselves. So then we just let those people and those cultures tell us who to be or what to do. And, and we're no better off with them. Um, we just have, burn bridges in the meantime, instead of dealing with our actual problem, which is learning who we are. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, that's great. What's my next train of thought, but go ahead. You, <laughs> no, that's great. We can <laughs> great interaction. So, um, so I guess the next train of thought, and I can kind of help you, you know, with um, my question I have for you, but oh. is, I mean, so what there are, what are the purpose in those like 
rules, let's just say, I mean, not, not, not commandments, but like mission rules, I'm thinking. Um, but also do we turn, okay, here's the real question. Do we turn our will over to God? And that, that's really the question, like, well, whatever God wants me to do. And I remember my mission. So in Spanish, that's a, it's a huge saying down there. There's Dios quiere, if God wants it. And what I have learned, and I'll just kind of share, and then this will kind of take you from there. With Lacey, you know, she's been coaching me on just really getting in tune with what do I want? Like, what do I want? And making the choice and learning from it. And I wrote down something as I took this, you know, um, to God. And he gave me kind of words that came to my head. It says, have confidence in your agency. And I was like, you're right. Like, there's nothing that can't be cleansed to the atonement. And so um, last year, I... I decided, you know, I noticed a pattern in the evening. I've talked about this before on our podcast that I would, I was really tired. It's like, and so I got super unproductive and I went to God and said, I don't like that I get unproductive. So I didn't want to be unproductive. So I asked him for some help. He gave me a couple ideas and it's been amazing following those. And when I started applying the principle of what I really want, there have been some moments I didn't want to follow some of those but the, here, here's what it was is I would find myself I would eat dinner and I'd watch like a sh one or two shows and then um I'd be like well I'm tired I don't really feel like doing anything else my brain is done I mean I you know I'm up early I'm I'm on you know fire all day long and I'm like well I'm not really productive so then I would continue to watch tv like for hours and it was just blah it did not feel good so that's when I went to God and he gave me an idea just you know, two hours and then, um, do your scripture studies. And I was like, Oh, you're right. And it felt amazing. So then, and he, so like you said, it was like a great suggestion. So then I noticed when I started applying this principle of like, what do I want? Just getting clear. Like I love the book essentialism and he talks about pause and just get clear. It's pausing it clear. What do you want? So at moments, like I'd be, I'd watch my two hours of TV show or whatever. Um, which is usually while I'm eating and cleaning up from dinner, it's like perfect time. And then I, I sometimes would be like, you know what? I want to just watch a little bit more TV. And I would have, I would just do it instead of feeling like guilty. You know, I'm not doing what God told me to do. You know, I, instead of like going in this spiral of self-hatred, I would have confidence in that agency like he told me to. And here's what I love that I've learned from doing that is I notice when I do that, I feel empowered because I chose it. But then I also realized, it's not as fun as doing the other one is doing only two hours and going to scripture study. I get so much more out of my night and I do enjoy, obviously he has the best method. So is it better for us to just do it because he says, or do it because we've learned that, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, you were right. I love it. <laughs> I feel better at this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy. And I totally realize that I didn't even answer your question before, but let me answer them both together is that God wants you to know who you are. That's his whole design and purpose. This is what this church is about. This is what his guidelines are all about and his commandments. They're not to elevate and promote him or his agenda or to advance him in his life. Like he's done all of this. Everything that he gives us here is to elevate and to help us to progress at the same time 
until we know who we are and know how to apply ourselves to those guidelines by choice, they're really not doing us much good. They're keeping us out of harm, possibly, and they're keeping us from having really nasty consequences. At the same time, they're not setting us free and giving us joy because we don't know where we're at in it. We've given all of the agency away. And so we're not unlocking all of the joy that we could be having by keeping the commandments and by keeping them out of choice. And I love the analogy that you gave with the two hours of TV versus more. Like you gave yourself permission to see more if you wanted to. God was totally fine with that. You chose it, realized you didn't like it as much. You liked the guideline, the two hours that he actually gave you a, a suggestion that was catered specifically just for you and knew that this would be nice and perfect for you and that you would end up actually really liking it. But now you know, now you know that you really like this suggestion and you have even more power to follow through on that. And you're choosing it now. I want to do the two hours, not just obey the suggestion. Now you've brought a whole nother element of power onto this. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, let's say you have like a get together or a party or something and it's your birthday or whatever. And then, and a bridal shower, right? <laughs> Those are always the ones people are like, oh, I don't really want to go to it. Do you really want someone coming to you, to your bridal shower, to your party that's like, oh, I don't really want to be there? Like, that's how yucky it is when we do something we don't really want to do, but we feel like we have to. And the book Essentialism is something I, I love um, really applying those principles. And it's, and it's, you know, he talks about, you know, doing what that which is essential and if you don't want to do something don't and if and if it's something you feel like well i don't let's just say it's i don't want to go to church then don't and then you're <laughs> gonna know. notice <laughs> yeah i know i know you guys are like oh my gosh i thought this was a sisters in zion podcast you're taking us away from zion and but what i've learned is that you realize just like the tv wow, I actually miss church. And how much more powerful is it if someone you invite to your party and they really want to be there and it's so uplifting, but yeah. you have to figure that out. And I guess, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about with the agency is doing things because you really want and where do wants, you know, and desires come from, right? There's two, well, desires, I, I love how you've talked about it. So I'm going to have you talk about that. But wants are us trying to figure ourselves out. And now I love, like, as soon as I have two hours, I have no desire. Instead of just like, oh, I have to turn it off. I'm like, ugh, I don't, I just, I'm good. I want to turn it off because I love how it feels to just do, you know, my little routine during dinner and then go to the study of scriptures for the rest of the night. I love it. And I love that I explored it and I'm so much more powerful in it that I'm close. I feel it closer to God every time I'll start on my scriptures because I'm doing it out of, because I choose to rather than being compelled to. Absolutely. And the cool thing about this is then you become like in my courses and everything I teach, I teach you how to become this partner with God. If you take a relationship, even like a marriage relationship or a, a family relationship, no one, if we're being really honest with ourselves, no one enjoys being in a relationship where they're just dictated to and that you just have to serve. And like, 
when my, when we first got married, I didn't know who I was really. And my husband's always been strong and bold and has opinions. And I love that about him now. But when we were first married, I thought you're a brute. <laughs> you're not nice. Like you just keep telling me how to do all of these things and you know, I'll do them, but maybe I don't want to do it. But I didn't know how to stand up to that. You know, I didn't know how to confront and be stand in my own true power and not I don't do that now. I don't have to do that now because I can voice an opinion and he respects it just as much as I respect his. But this is what's going on with God now. Like God doesn't want to be this supreme, powerful being over you that you're just willfully obeying, that you're just blindly obeying. He wants input. He wants suggestions. He wants you to develop this. So after you quit the two hours, you're choosing it on with your choice, with your agency, and then you can go to God with your scripture study. And it's so much more enlightening. It's so much more proactive because you're not going to God being like, uh, I'm under you. Please grace me again with your spirit. Like, no, you can go in confidence and saying, I, I chose this. I'm confident about this. I'm choosing to be in my scriptures here. I'm choosing to pray to you. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to show up to this relationship just as much as you're choosing to show up to this relationship, God. And it makes this like, I don't know, I, I call it a dynamic duo. And I really love that confidence that you can build with God. And I feel sometimes in the culture of the church, we teach how God is the supreme being and that we're his offspring. So we teach how incredible each of us are, but no one believes it. No one believes it because we still act like he's the supreme being and he's un unapproachable or that how dare we might have a suggestion for him or that we might have a suggestion that we might know better in our own lives. Not that we know better, but that we might know something about ourselves, that we might know something about what we prefer or want to do, and that he might not reciprocate that. It just makes it sound so harsh. It makes it sound, actually, it sounds, because I've coached and I've um, worked with a lot of people, It when we put God so far above us and blindly obey him as if there's no room to make choice in there, it's an abusive relationship. and that sounds really harsh, but that's what we're setting up for ourselves. And we're putting that all on God and that's not who he is. And so it not, it, it just very, it limits him a ton to show up how he really is and to work these miracles and incredible works in your life because you have structured an abusive relationship between the two of you. That's really bold. But <laughs> no, but it may, it makes sense. I mean, we project, these this relationship of who we think God is by our own beliefs and he's like I'm not and I, I want you to be a partner with me in the, this relationship so it's all about our own projections so um tell us a little bit about you know desire like where the root of the word desire comes from I always like this that you had studied this yeah the word desire and I go into like I probably I in my intermediate course I have like a whole lesson that's all about this word desire um, it seems like, but I, the word desire, the roots of the word mean of the father. So when you have a desire or a want, it's, it's not just yourself that's coming up with it. It's actually coming from the father, from God. It's also um, the S-I-R-E part of the word also meant 
um, in ancient times, they used it for heavenly beings when they were talking about heavenly beings or the stars, um, those type of things. So it's all like the universe and the God, your higher power, all of that stuff is giving you uh, a desire. They're giving you a want and asking you, not asking you, but just nudging you in a way that is constructed completely for you. So I, I really like looking at that way. Yeah. Again, it goes back to that. Like, you are God's child. You know a ton. <laughs> You've lived for a long time. It's not just here on this earth. Like You're an incredibly intelligent being. Not only that, but you have his DNA. You have Heavenly Mother's DNA running through your body, running through your spirit. With all of this great stuff, you know a lot of stuff. You know inherently which ways you want to go, which ways you don't want to go, what you want to attend, what you don't want to attend. And we don't give ourselves enough credit on that. And we think, oh, we can't possibly know that because we've been taught that we're an enemy to God or that we have fallen and that we have to prove ourselves worthy to even have his help again. Oh, it just, you can tell I get a little passionate about it because I just get it just drives me nuts. If I'm being completely honest, it drives me nuts that we put God so distant from ourselves and we put by putting ourselves so far down and you can't love a person that is so far down like that. Like who wants to love that? No wonder we don't know how to love ourselves because we're mud with how we put ourselves. And I don't like that. Yeah. You know, before this, recording I was looking up a scripture and kind of talking about it with Lacey and it kind of goes back to you know the greatest commandment of all right is to love God with all of our heart and the second is like unto it that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves and that's it if you look at the scripture it's not saying like put your neighbor above yourself it's it's saying you love your neighbor neighbor as yourself you can only love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Like if you don't love yourself very much, we're not going to be really giving much to that command. I mean, actually you'd be giving the full extent that you love yourself to the neighbor, but the more we can love ourselves, right? The more we can love our neighbor and really get the joy of that entire commandment. And that first starts with, with having a relationship with God and loving him. Absolutely. And, and it goes the same way with him as well. The more, the more love we have inside of ourselves for ourselves, like it's not just for ourselves, it's just resonating with this love vibration constantly in our hearts. The more you're able to love yourself, the more you're able to love God. So he knows that those two commandments work in conjunction with each other. They go vice versa. The more you love yourself, the more you're going to love God. The more you love God, the more you're going to love yourself. You cannot, you cannot um, do one without the other. They're just inseparable. And then when you have all of that love, then you can look outward and be able to love other people around you with that same amount of love, but it goes between the two of you first. It has to develop between the two of you first or else you don't have enough for anyone else around you. And we teach ourselves that we need to pour it out upon everyone else around us. And then if there's a little bit of time and then you can love yourself, 
but you love God, you put it all on God, and then you put it on all, on all other people, and then you're the last resort, which it doesn't make sense at all because if you're the one giving all of the love and you're the last one to get any of the love, well, you're going to run out of resources really, really quick. It's a, it's a sure way to destitution. It's exhaustion because mm -hmm. it's in the wrong energy. And so Absolutely. love is a source of energy. And then if you're doing it out of just obligation, like that's not really your own agency and that's not really out of love. And I, I you know, been studying that with you, obviously, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. But um, um, yeah, I have a couple questions I want to like, I'm like, which route do I go? I guess what I was going to say was, I had um, an experience a couple weeks ago that an after, someone needed some help with, um, it was a service project. And I said, yes, I can come at this time. Um, and that was my time open. And then they weren't able to. And then what happened was I said, um, she's like, no, it doesn't work for me. And that time doesn't work for me. I'm too tired. I'm going to take a nap. I'll be like, okay, no problem. So I went and I just had to feel, what do I want to do? And my friend that just had a baby, I, just, I hadn't visited them for a long time. So I went over and, and spent some time with them and gave, just poured my heart out to them. It was wonderful. It was just really, it was super fun to be with her and her little new little daughter and I was tired after that. And then the lady texts me, hey, can I, I'm ready for you to come help me. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't eaten. I'm, I'm kind of depleted. Like, I felt drained. And I was like, I struggled like, okay, well, do I just go do it, even though I don't really want to now? And I don't have the energy in me now. And I, you know, not that it's the same as kids, but I had cats at home that needed to eat, you know. And I was like, oh, and I just couldn't get myself to be in that moment uh, of service. And so I just, I just said a prayer and I said, Heavenly Father, I just, I don't feel like I'm there. If I need to be there, you, you know, please change my, my desire. And, um, and I didn't, I felt great. And so I texted her, I said, you know what? I won't be able to come today. I can come another day though. And it was interesting. She texted me back and said, um, no problem. Actually, the Lord's helping me conquer my, um, himself. And I, she's like, was, you know, working on what she needed some service project for. So I guess where I was going with that is us staying aligned with God allows us to really serve people out of love rather than out of obligation. And I, if I would have gone over there again, I just wasn't in that place that I had just given hours, you know, to this other person and that's my human nature was there. I was, that's where I was at. And if I would have gone over, I just wouldn't have wanted to. And I would have been like, I just want to get out of here quick. Can we just, you know, quickly do your, what you need to your house done? I just, I wouldn't have really been able to like be in this position of love for her, which is not how I want to serve. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes complete sense. And I, I feel like sometimes we operate like that because of a, we, it comes from a lack of faith. If we look at it a little bit more, if all, if everybody around us were operating in this balanced place that I teach, if we were all operating with this alignment with God, acting true to our desires and our wants, and that means like saying no to things, saying no to showing up to a family thing, saying no to doing a service project or saying yes to doing those things. If we all were to operate like that, everything would get done. 
there would be enough resources, there would be enough energy, there would be enough for everybody in an abundant manner. But because we don't trust that God is going to help somebody with their task that they were needing, or we don't know if God's going to show up and, and be in someone else's life when that's the best for them, we just have this lack of faith of how much God is really going to show up for everybody and how the resources are going to extend to everybody. And so we go and do it. And again, we're taught we're God's hands. Yes, to a point, but he doesn't really need us if he doesn't, like he's God. <laughs> he, he doesn't need us if he doesn't want to. He's doing that to give you experience. He's giving you the opportunity. It's like me letting my kids help me clean the house. I know how to clean the house a lot better than they do. I'm teaching them. I'm letting them clean the house with me so that they learn how to clean the house. But I get it a lot faster. <laughs> I get it done a lot faster and more efficient and the way I like it when I do it. That's kind of how God is. He doesn't need our help. He just allows us to do it so that we learn and grow from him. But if we have that faith that he is there, that he is showing up, that he does work miracles, that he wants to be hands-on in our lives, then we have the confidence to like to act when we feel the desire to act and to not act when we have the desire not to act. But that takes it takes probably more faith to not act when you have that desire than to act when you have the desire. At least that's what I found in my own life. And it seemed like my clients struggled with that more. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. Like just, and so I think the whole point, like what well, I love what your courses teach too, is staying aligned. Like you call it, you know, balance, like staying balanced with God, staying balanced in these different, you know, um, spheres of who we are, but staying aligned with him is, you know, cause I, I would tend to beat myself up like, Oh, I'm just not, I don't feel like doing it, but I should, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and it puts me in a spiral of negativity. And so now what I do is I want to stay aligned with God. I want to stay aligned with charity. And if going to do a quote unquote charity in this moment is not going to keep me there, then it's actually not, I'm, I'm doing a disservice. And so that's what I'm paying attention to is how can I stay aligned with charity? And you know, that is the practice. Are we a hundred percent there? Like you look at, I don't know, you're teaching a kid how to tie their shoes and there's like, sure, there's probably one away that's the most efficient and expedient, but our hands are still learning muscle memory on how to put those loops together. And so it, you see a little kid, they get exhausted. They're like, I don't know. I can't do it. And so like me being like, yeah, if I could just be in ch like stay in charity, even when I'm hungry and have all, you know, that would be awesome. But I'm still figuring myself out. My muscle memory and my hands are trying to tie these loops is not like perfect. And that's okay. And that's what I've learned is like, just like you said, the faith in that loving yourself and those moments that you don't feel aligned with doing something, it's okay. And so, okay, so kind of leads me to another question, unless you had something to say on that, but. No? Okay. Yeah, just really quick. Yeah, if you don't mind, I just liked how you said, kind of does a disservice when we act out of that because we pull ourselves out of charity and we put ourselves into a duty mode. But I love for myself right now, it's kind of like a running joke in my family and it's not a joke, but 
because I've been practicing this for several years now. And I come from a big family and we get together often. But if I can't make it, they know it's because it wasn't right for me. They all know, they all know what I teach. They all know like this program and most of them have gone through, a lot of them have gone through it. But when I show up, they don't question on whether I want to be there or not. No one questions me anymore of, is this something I really want to be doing? Even in the church, like even in my callings, when there was a, a lady last week where I've told people, I won't do it if I don't want to do it. But lucky for you, I like to do a lot of things. I, I want to do a lot of things. And she even, she joked and she laughed and she's like, you're right. I remember, like, I know Lacey doesn't do it unless she wants to do it. And that sounds selfish. I don't mean it that way. I mean it on the flip. I wanted to draw emphasis to the flip side of that, that when I show up, when I'm there, people have confidence in me. They have, I have confidence in me. They know I want to be there. They know my love is in this. Because I wouldn't do it unless my love was in that, unless my desire was full heart, full heart involvement in there. And so my family knows when I show up, I'm ready to be there and I'm fully engaged in them. And I feel like their confidence in me builds. And this is what we're trying to do, right? Like you and I together, myself, I'm trying to get that confidence. I'm trying to learn how to love myself with God more. I'm trying to build that love up. And when I can show up into places honoring myself, that just feeds that more because everyone around me is now honoring me in that energy as well because they know I won't show up unless that's where I'm going to be at. And so it just adds to my journey everywhere I go. And it adds to their journey because they have this confidence now of, okay, I, I'm, I can't show up. And I have siblings now that are like, oh, well, Okay, well, I can't show up now when I'm having a bad day or when I don't have the desire to do it. And the funny thing is, most of the time, we all show up together because we have this respect and this honoring going on around all of us. We all want to be around each other way more than we did several years ago. So it's just enhancing the unity within our own family because we're all honoring ourselves when we have that desire. And that was my quick note. That. Oh, I love that. No, I love that. In fact, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with that note. I'm wondering if you could um, come back for another podcast. We can continue this discussion. Does that sound okay? Because, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know if you're going to say something. Yeah. I, I love that you put that. In fact, in Essentialism, let's wrap it up with this. Um, the book Essentialism, if you guys haven't ever read it, it's by Greg McCune. And Honestly, it's an amazing book. Um, he, I, I believe he is a member of the church. I mean, he quotes President Eyring in there, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so point being, you know, he talks about people, just like you were saying, when we do things that are essential for us and for our purpose, when we do show up at things, it, people respect it. And when you don't, people are like, okay, we know that she's so aligned with what she does or he does that, that they, they just respect, they end up respecting you more than you think that they're, they're going to be upset with you. And so just what you're saying is like, when you, when you really do with what you feel is aligned and you, you show up fully, right? But you also, people are so, oh, they're like, wow, she's here. It means so much that you're at this service project because we know you really want to be here and you're not here out of like 
you know, a slothful servant and that God wants us that way. He wants us to show up to church that way. He wants to show up to the sacrament that way, not just out of duty. And so just kind of wrapping it back around to the TV thing. I love that I went to him and I asked like, my evenings are getting blah. Like, what can I do? He gave me a perfect suggestion. I followed it. But then when I started practicing with agency, I was like, no, I want to watch TV, you know, whatever, being a brat. But I mean, just honoring what I was feeling and I wanted to feel it out just like children do, right? You'd show them something and they're like, no, I want to do it this way. And you're like, okay, go for it. (laughs) But point being, I realized now I show up to my scripture study with him because I want it so bad because I didn't like when I had chosen the other way. And it was, and I didn't judge myself for it either. I just, I loved and honored that I had chosen it in my agency and figured it out for myself. So I guess, uh, you know, I'll let you up, wrap up with the thought as well, but I just want to like leave you sisters with that note and you brothers that also listen to this too. I know that practice getting clear. Like I pause in between everything I do and I just say, what do I want to do now? And I just, I ask, and usually one thing comes to my mind and it might be eat a cracker. It might be call somebody. And I just, I go on or that. And it feels amazing. It's so great. I just get clear. And if someone asks me to do something, I just pause and get clear. Is it what I really want to do? Will I feel aligned if I go do that? And it's really cool to see the, you know, what comes up for you and honor it. And I've been learning from it and it's just, it's created so much more confidence in me and it has, um, deepened my relationship with God. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think people sometimes will just say, or when you, when you have to say no, or that's not for me right now, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be a jerk. I think that's why we kind of get nervous of saying no. There's way tactful ways of nice ways and and loving. Like, honestly, you can say no and they'll feel more love from that no because you're being true to yourself and God and then coming up with an excuse or pushing through and just doing it. So there's a whole lot more on that that can be said, but I think you summed it up beautifully. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, I think if you're okay, I'd like to have her back. But um her, if you want to see her website, which I love, I love her courses. It's Lacey, LaceyBangeter.com. That's it. So L-A-C-E-Y-B-A-N-G-E-R-T-E-R.com. But anyway, thank you so much, sisters. Yeah, pretty simple. (laughs) Great. Thanks for being on and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you.